Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your hearts on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, a priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined me for my Christmas homily, 2022. Did you know that it was St. Francis of Assisi who was the first ever person in history to make a creche scene, a manger scene? But his was alive. The year was 1223. St. Francis traveled to a small Italian town called Grecia to celebrate Christmas. But the people of Grecia had kind of a reputation for not being particularly devout. In fact, the love of God had grown very cold in their hearts, and it was kind of a lukewarm town with villagers who really didn't love the Lord very deeply. And so St. Francis knew this, and he wanted to bring the love of God into that town. And so he found a small cave right next to the cathedral, and in the cave, he set up a small manger scene. He got some animals, he hired a man and woman to play Joseph and Mary, and then he invited the people around before midnight mass, and he began to preach to them the good news of how God loved us so deeply that he took on flesh at Christmas. Now, it was a few years later that St. Bonaventure was the first biographer of St. Francis, and he recounts that on that particular night, at that very first manger scene, a couple of miraculous things occurred. So first of all, as people would glance from St. Francis back down to the manger, many of them were surprised to find that in the manger, there was a beautiful baby boy smiling back at them. And they were remarking at this, considering the fact that St. Francis had not arranged for a child to be as part of this scene. So perhaps this child did not have earthly, but rather heavenly origins. And finally, when the sermon had wrapped up and everyone was about to file into the church, a number of people took some straw and some hay from that manger scene. And when they brought it home, they found that that straw and hay had miraculous properties, and many people who touched it and prayed were healed of their sicknesses. But even more importantly, the healing that took place in the small town of Grecia was the healing of the heart, because now... Right before their very eyes, they had demonstrated the love of God made visible, and so their hearts were set ablaze with love for Christ. I have a friend who's kind of a rather portly fellow, just a big guy, who would often say, food is God's love made edible. Sometimes I wanted to say, hey, Mike, I think you need a little less of God's love in your life. But I think it's a great saying, food is God's love made edible, because we can riff on that and say, well, the incarnation is God's love made visible. When you see that newborn baby, Jesus, you realize the depths of God's love for us. Well, how's that? Well, consider a couple aspects of love. First of all, when two people love each other, they want to be in each other's presence. There's this burning desire to be with the other person. You know, you think of a guy who's fallen in love with a girl, and they'll go on dates together, go see movies, go have dinner, and just simply find any excuse to just be in the presence of the beloved. And so God loved us so deeply that he wanted to literally be present to us. He wanted to be Emmanuel, God with us. So he was born in a way that we can see and touch and hear the very physical presence of God on this earth. But also consider that love wants to give of itself. And there's an element of gift in love. In fact, that's the definition of love according to Pope St. John Paul the Great. Love is self-gift. I'm reminded of that great story, Christmas story, from the American author O. Henry. The story is called The Gift of the Magi, in which there was a couple who were penniless, but they wanted to give each other a gift at Christmas. And so the wife ends up going to the barber shop and shaving off her long, beautiful hair and selling that for money so she can buy a chain for her husband's pocket watch. And she comes home and is preparing to give it to him, and he comes home from work exhausted, and he brings out her gift, which are some beautiful ivory combs for her non-existent hair. 
and he was able to purchase those gifts by selling his pocket watch. And so despite the fact that neither of them could use the gifts that were given, the very fact that the gifts were given means that their love was deepened, it was made real by the action of giving. And so when God wanted to display the depths of his love for us, he gave us the most precious thing he had, which is his only begotten son, not only to be born for us, but ultimately even to die for us. But you know, here's the thing. Love isn't really truly love at its deepest core unless it is reciprocated. Love that only goes one way is just kind of infatuation, right? So love needs someone to respond to that love in order for the two to become united, the two to become one. And that's equally the same in God's love for us. He waits for a response. It's another great story of St. Francis that one time his Franciscan brothers had lost him. They couldn't find him anywhere. So they searched all over the city of Assisi. But then they kind of realized after searching for a few hours, you know, Francis loves the the nature. He loves the, the wilderness. Let's go search out there. So they spread out all over the mountains and the forests on which Assisi was built. And finally, after several hours of searching, one of the Franciscan brothers found him in a small uh, clearing in the, in the forest. And he was crying, just copious tears and moaning and groaning, beating his chest and crying out over and over again, love is not loved. Love is not loved. He was so grieved by the fact that God loved us so deeply, and yet how little do we return that love back to him? I think it's so significant that Jesus was born in a manger, right? In a stable, because there was no room for him in the inn. How often in our own lives do we not have room for God? You know, we collapse into bed at the end of a long day without even spending a moment in thanksgiving or in in petition to the Lord in prayer. We pack sometimes our weekends so full of different activities that we don't even have an hour to attend Holy Mass. Sometimes we make all of our plans from now until retirement. We got exactly what we're going to do. And we never look up and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? How can I best serve and glorify you in my life? My friends, Christmas demands a response. This love that God showed us in taking on flesh demands us to give that love back to him in return. Just like God wanted to show his love by being with us, do we love him enough to dwell with him in prayer? And especially in the Holy Mass where we get to receive him sacramentally present, body, blood, soul, and divinity? He wanted to give himself to us. Are we willing to give ourselves to him by saying, Lord, here I am, take my life, take all that I am, I belong to you. My friends, in the manger, we see God's love made visible. And now, we get the opportunity to respond. He took the initiative. We must accept that divine love into our souls and return love for love. <laughs>